0: Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for sci-fi's, sci-fi's, the Expanse, I guess for now. Uh, Amazon's The Expanse next year. Uh, we're, I'm Jim. We're uh, both here today. I'm Aron. I'm fucking <laughs> up this intro. Uh, we just watched season three, episode nine, called "Intransigence," which is a word that I had not heard before, uh, and probably not read because I didn't recognize it. Do you know what "intransigence" is? Um, I looked it up. I,
1: I, it's like. Um... Uh, like like a stiff unwillingness to
0: to con- change to, to change ch- your views on de- something yeah yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, essentially, uh, so that uh, I think applies to uh, a couple of characters this episode. We'll probably talk about that, sure, uh, I before we get started, read the churn last week Ooh. between last week's podcast and this one. It's like two hour audiobook. That's, that's really one, worth it. This is a deep dive on Amos. Yeah. Zero spoilers. I mean, maybe they're going to do some of this stuff later on in this uh-huh. in the show, but uh-huh. zero spoilers as far as I can For, tell. For, like, future plot. Yeah, It yeah, might yeah. spoil... It's all flashback. That,
1: that's what I was saying. Like, I, I
0: felt like it might spoil a flashback episode, like the Epstein Drive maybe. kind of thing. Like yeah potentially because they did do you know they're they're starting to kind of do flashbacks they did that this episode yep i'd Uh, say like
1: amos gets a thousand yard stare and then it's flashbacks (laughs) to him arguing with uh meow or (laughs) mao
0: right dad (laughs) uh, dad i don't want to go dad yeah that's why he changed (laughs) his name it's the only Uh way to get get away from this bastard right (laughs) uh but it's it was great i loved it Uh, uh for for a novella which i don't typically engage with like short stories right uh, but this was really good. I'd recommend it. Um what do you think of the episode? Uh the episode was also really good. I I think I I think I saw like a single thing that I want to point out as a flaw, but everything else was so good and it was exciting. And and I think the flashback with let's call her Melba. Um she she actually is she has like a name but I don't think a lot of people caught it. Christy, they, they've right? they've talked about it. Uh yeah, it's Carissa, oh I, Carissa, I think, I, I think is her name. Uh, no, Clarissa. Everybody calls her Claire. Okay, uh, but yeah, the the flashback was was interesting. I thought, yeah, it 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 shed a lot of light on that character. You know, gave us obviously some insight into who she is, but also like the relationship between her and her father, which is important. Um, if maybe not a little off the mark, in my opinion. Hmm. But but that's as a book reader. I, I'm kind of curious how you felt about it as a just strictly show watcher.
1: Uh, I thought – I liked this episode a lot. Um, it certainly feels like a bridge episode because it's, like, essentially connecting to, like, you know, jaw-dropping amazing episodes. And it felt – this is the first episode that I felt felt really Star Trek-y in that, like – you're really going on an unknown- like an adventure in the unknown you know like sure. you're you're yeah. meeting this alien intelligence and you're 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 the first contact <laughs> and that's uh, that's an essential part of the Star Trek experience so like this I felt you know and you've you've got this uh you know tightly knit crew that's trying to figure things out and you know where it gets not Star trek is you've got uh you know essentially the Riker figure throwing guys out of airlocks and <laughs> threatening to kill them as screwdrivers so yeah. I'm not I mean and I'm a huge Star Trek fan so that's not to be dismissive of it. I just mm-hmm. felt like it's like, you know, it it, it did feel very Star Trekky in in a good way in a in a expand your horizons and and uh you know wonder you know, stare in wonderment at things kind of um I'm left a little cold by what's going on in the Anna only because I guess it's like the it's whole It's tough
0: to know exactly what that's about right she's now.
1: pulling like i feel like she's pulling an alex where she's realized that this one thing is more important than yeah. her family. and i'm like i'm not mm-hmm. saying i don't like it and like i think it's invalid storytelling it's like i don't <laughs> like it in that it's sad you know yeah you want that character to
0: be with her family right she wants to be with her family but there's something there's something that's her. pulling yeah.
1: her that's calling her and i thought that um i'm still not sure what to think of um melba and the flashbacks like i mean okay. she just seems like a pitiable character and mm. I also, it seems like some of her planning is not great of what she's trying to pull and like as, and, and how she tries to get her message out to her father. I feel like that was foolish and, and, and dumb. But I'm not sure if that's because I'm supposed to understand that she's just an irrational person that's trying to wing things out there. And, you know, she went from being a party planner to a fucking revolutionary. Uh, and the transitions kind of bumpy, or if they're just <laughs> uh-huh. some of these are just kind of like plot holes. I'm just gonna assume the the former until I have proof of the latter. But yeah,
0: it's killing me that I can't talk about her because it it's it, they do a lot of really good stuff. I thought in the third book with her, right? Uh, but I can't say anything about it. That's so, killing me. But yeah, I th- uh, there was a lot of great comedy in this episode too. There, I, there, there, there was. It got a couple of really good laughs from me. Um, The stuff with Miller and Holden, the stuff with Holden and Alex, Yep. uh, just, yeah, good stuff. All right, Amos at the airlock was fucking awesome. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Okay, maybe instead of just talking about how awesome it is, we should talk about what happened. Specifically
1: uh, how awesome it is. Uh, So we start the episode with the Behemoth continuing to struggle to be combat capable. Uh, Ashford rules that what we got is what we get. Uh, mm. And question Naomi's focus and loyalty because mm. uh, she's more interested in trying to figure out what happened to the Rasanati than repairing the ship. It's a problem when you're the chief engineer. Yeah. Uh, drummer backs Ashford uh, and orders Naomi to hate her later but work
0: now and tries to shout apologies at her as Naomi stalks off. Mm. I feel like that's a mistake. The the captain of the ship on the bridge saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, Like right? uh, when the rest of your Beltalota crew right. – is is right there like watching you need to be strong in that moment and I, I felt like she needs a ready room she does she needs a ready room with a the room. fucking
1: lionfish floating around yeah. some earl grey hot and <laughs> they can just sort that shit out uh, away from prying
0: eyes I, I think she did need to apologize but that was not the moment for
1: it yeah but I'm I thought so too but this is kind of Belter cult- culture like I feel like drummer would lose respect by like pulling them into a closet to scream at them and then everybody comes out smiling you know belters would be like rolling their yeah. eyes and be like oh this is a this sucks to big falota." um and i get why
0: she does it um you know she's on the brink of losing her friend here and yeah and they've developed a relationship over the last couple of seasons so. right yeah no it, it's it's a tough call to make but i think she kind of Made think, the wrong
1: call here. Do you think the drummer is kind of a little bit of like Amos, that she's a lost soul, and she looks to, like, kind of hitch her wagon uh, to other people's, uh, or hitch, hitch her, I don't know, hitch her star to other people's wagons, whatever, hmm. um, because I just got a lot of that, like, what? what is the relationship there? Like, she is not jealous or envious, but she recognizes there's something righteous about Naomi that she herself lacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's... I don't know, maybe maybe if I'm looking forward to the future, like, maybe uh, she's worried that uh, Ashford's going to corrupt her or, you know, lead her astray, and she needs the... An- she's, you know, Ashford's going to be the
0: devil. She needs the angel. Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm wondering... Exactly how she does feel about Ashford, because I know I know that Ashford, you know, is kind of the devil on her shoulder, but also she's a belter, and and the belters very much have their own opinions on things, and, and she's Ashford's, kind of stuck... Ashford's belter as fuck, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, right. I mean, I would guess that most of the belters are on his side about the things that he's right. doing here, and Naomi talking about, like, she she's essentially in this for her friend, James yeah, Holden, which right. she's not showing the best interests of the belters as her main priority it would be interesting so to i see... think they'd be behind drummer but like drummer's stuck between yeah a lot of different forces uh right. in this scene and it's weird because she's ostensibly the person with the most power in this situation and she right. feels like she's being pushed in directions by her inferiors here yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see what would happen
1: if the rasanati weren't here yeah um yeah like like if if they were we
0: feel about this stuff
1: yeah like i i don't know that she would have this like attack of nostalgia Mm uh so inside the ring they visualize it as a sort of giant i'm gonna use star trek terminology subspace bubble if you will all right uh of scale that i found very hard like if they're moving to
0: 18,000 kilometers per second Mm -hmm. uh i don't like i don't the, the the official churn podcast yeah had something to say about this. They yeah. said it's about the size of the sun. Oh, of our sun. I just so. think
1: because because like it, when you know they're they're going eighteen thousand kilometers per second. Like, but the ring is always in the background. I don't. Mm-hmm. I I I openly question their scaling because it didn't feel like. Yeah, I, mean, I get it. Like, at 18,000 kilometers per second, it, it would take a decent amount of time to, like, go through the sun, you yeah, know, if you didn't yeah. burn up in the... But that ring would start to look a lot yeah, smaller. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of with you on and that. And the yeah. ring is bigger than I imagined it. Like, there's a point where the, the behemoth pierces it, and I thought the behemoth would be, like, mm-hmm. a third of the ring's size. And it's, like, tiny. It's, yeah. like, it's, like, nothing. But it's still, like, much smaller than a moon. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think like I don't know how big how big would the moon look if you were traveling 18,000 kilometers per second away from it <laughs> I, for I couldn't
0: tell you. like 15 minutes or so. Let's, let's get Buzz Aldrin. I'm phone. just saying like
1: I, I felt like the scaling was a bit <laughs> off if they were trying to tell that story. I thought, sure. but it, it can't. Maybe it's not. Maybe
0: it's not. It's hard to tell too because the bubble the bubble doesn't have like definitive edges that you can right. really see. It just looks like a painting behind them uh, yeah. when they're inside of it. So the yeah. ring is really the only reference you have. Right, right, right. And I don't know how far they are from the ring. Right. I know they're talking about, like, oh, eventually we're going to run into the edge of the bubble. Sure, but sure. Eventually, what do you mean? I mean they're like not, a month I, I from mean, now, I'm, a, uh, I'm assuming they're not even halfway minutes?
1: through because they're still closing towards the nucleus. Right. So that kind of right. gives us a, 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 a idea of scale. I just, I just thought either the ring is way 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 bigger than than it looked or maybe there's some gravitational lensing cuz i did think that was cool like when you're inside the ring and you're looking out you can see like literally the fabric of space being warped by uh-huh. whatever forces are keeping this bubble open it gave it's kind of similar to like interstellar when you see the the big black hole how it's it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 warping space and time i thought that was that was cool but i i just thought the special effects scaling was a little weird um, the torpedo. Uh, we we know that the bubble is causing massive interference around the ship. It seems to disable
0: all comms. The sensors are having a hard time operating in, in it. Yeah, I'm curious if that's actually true. That mm-hmm. all comms are disabled because we know that the Rossinante's comms well, are disabled because of the the shit they did to the but ship. But the Martian Corvette reaffirms that they right? say that, but they're saying it in a. a a fleet-wide, not even fleet-wide, a, a system-wide oh, broadcast. So you're saying are they lying to try and keep like the UN out of the bubble? Okay, I guess they could. Because here's be. the whole thing. This is a power play for like who's going to be like essentially the owner of yeah, the yeah, bubble. Yeah, no, I, so I, I'm thinking they're lying to people.
1: I thought it was. I I couldn't believe how much. I mean, it's 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 a natural human impulse to call bullshit on something, but I couldn't believe how much <laughs> I saw of people like. I can't believe all these ships are just heading into this thing, and I'm like, they have to. They do, yeah. Like, are you going like like this is a cold war situation? Are you going to let the, the the Ruskies get into the ring first? Right. Like, it's 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 a race, and mm-hmm. if you're going to stay outside just because you're
0: afraid to lose a warship, no. No, that's not going to happen. No, and I, I understand the perspective of why would you ever go into this unknown thing? Right, it's but, dangerous. It's foolhardy. Yeah, and from a normal person's perspective, that's the absolute right call. But right. from a political power's perspective... From a perspective, nation
1: state in a Cold War situation you've got to go where no if they go in and they come out with like some kind of God-tier technology... Right. ...and you are now generations behind them, you can't let that happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't... I thought this is exactly what would happen. It's foolish and foolhardy, but that's, that's what what happens um the, we see, see the torpedo trying to accelerate to catch them but it's now been grabbed and diverted towards the center which we're going to call the nucleus from here on out yeah uh, some kind of localized anomaly within the non-localized anomaly that or anomaly <laughs> that they're in uh amos puts two and two together about the state of the rasanati and just straight up attacks the camera guy cohen <laughs>
0: you gotta finish that camera drone off man yeah <laughs> But I do love like that. Might how be it's the all, last one. Like damage, it has to be the last one because it, like, yeah. the footage is all terrible. It's right. damaged. The right. lens is barely working. Right. Amos smashes it again. I hope it's done. Um, I like how Monica
1: leaps to defend him until she can. He confesses, and she's instantly like, "You piece of shit! You could have <laughs> killed us all."
0: Um, also, d- does that prove? Does that prove that the communications would work if this guy can remotely control a drone? Uh well I mean I think there's like I mean, there's a lot of different frequencies obviously yeah like that could I could probably blocked, but... run
1: around the remote control on a a, a remote control car around an aircraft carrier but if the aircraft carriers like main comms are disabled I couldn't use that to like contact the fleet you know
0: no 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 I'm not talking about the. the the rastanante is actually disabled physically i'm talking Mm. about the interference that they're talking about oh i don't know it's like like, you you, it's all using the same
1: because i interpreted the i interpreted the camera being fucked up by being inside the anomaly i didn't think it was existing damage oh i think this is the one that amos smashed was it
0: It had physical damage too I assumed it was, but maybe it's both. We've both made assumptions. We'll have to see which one is correct. Yeah. I roll the tape. We probably won't we'll know. Get our her,
1: get her producer in here, and let's let's uh, roll the episode. Let's, let's sort this out right now. Could he um, control
0: it from the other ship? Let me ask you that. Can he float through I, space, waving his hands, and, oh, and controlling shit. that drone? Uh... I don't. I mean, I'm going to assume the no, on because that? if he, he
1: did... That was an important plot point. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be tempting me this way. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: I mean, how important can it be? It's we're a broken in a cold, camera drone. We're, we're in
1: a cold spoiler war here, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to take that risk. I'm jumping into speculation with you. Um, so, the MCRN Zusan, which is the ship that, incidentally, Bobby's on. Oh, uh, right. If you're looking yeah, forward yeah, yeah. A, to a Rasanati uh, Bobby... Uh, Rasa Bobby uh, reunion uh, and lock instantly locks on target Um, they launch two probes one enters the bubble then pokes its head back out this could be a charade as uh, Jim indicates or it could be a good faith effort to communicate how fucked up communications are here's why I believe it Because Miller says the communication inside a ring is so much better, Mm -hmm. which implies there is some disturbance going both ways. Like, it's hard to communicate in, it's hard to communicate out. Hmm. So, I don't know why Miller would be lying in that situation. Yeah, Um, Holden uh, orders to maintain distance and get comms working stat. Uh, Cohen claims he doesn't know what he did. He was just uh, acting blindly on orders, Uh, pardon the pun. Um... Miller then goes try to, to summon I'm sorry, Holden goes try to, to summon Miller and it doesn't quite work and this whole like one eye open routine yeah, his is face so fucking funny is, yeah, it's really uh, good some good
0: comedic physical acting
1: from that's that's going to be Stray. a reaction gift for a long time to come Oh yeah. Uh. so yeah, we, we we learned a lot, I think we've already discussed this so we can kind of move on Um. wait, do you buy that Monica was not in on the plan? I'm not trying to lead you anywhere I'm just she seemed wondering what you think Very convincing. Okay, I don't think she's that good of an actor because we've seen her like, you know, try to schmooze Holden and Amos, and Mm -hmm. she's fairly obvious and not good. But that's just, yeah,
0: that's that's my take on the situation. Yeah, and when you say not that good of an actor, you're talking about the character. Yeah, the character. Like
1: when she's when the character is trying to act, Uh she's terrible.
0: (laughs) I think, which the, is a great job by the actress. Exactly, it's
1: funny. I was. We've talked about. I can't remember what what situation we've talked about where. Um, oh, I think it's in Breaking Bad because there's several instances where characters have to. Yeah, act. it's Skyler. Yeah, yeah. And, like you can judge. Like I think it's kind of tough to like tell a nuanced story of a mm-hmm. regular person acting badly. Yeah. Um. So tries to sell Miller doesn't work. I wonder why. Like, what is the special – like, I I think it's interesting that, like, again, Holden seems like he's doing exactly what I would do in this situation where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I've read comic books and novels and I've seen movies and if you're trying to psychically summon someone,
0: you're yeah. you just, you you just trying to reach it. out with the Force, right? <laughs> what does that feel like? I don't know. My, my assumption here is it doesn't work because they're doing what they should be doing, which is heading in toward the nucleus. That's, oh, so when that's they get what closer what to the nucleus,
1: to that's when they needed further instruction and that's when Miller shows or, or up. Or
0: when they – I think at some point they stop heading toward the nucleus oh, or this, they this they try to the move off prepare to surrender off. maybe. Um no, I think it's when Alex like changes course or something, like matches uh, the course of the other ship. Huh.
1: Um so we then outside the ring, we see uh Avasarala is recalling the civilians uh from the ring area. They're going to be boarded mm-hmm. uh onto a vessel and evacuated. Uh this disappoints Anna very greatly. Uh there we then see the techs, including Melba, debating the benefits of triple pay. Uh be uh to, you know, what do you call that? <laughs> triple time. Uh-huh. Cause like, the one tech points out it's like time and a half, sure. Three times someone's gonna die. And oh, the yeah. other the other tech's like, heard I'm just on the first shuttle to Titan. Uh-huh. Uh and they agree There's a couple like you know Melba's really prickly about the memory of Rin uh, Which the others are not Quite so um, but they Agree to clean out his locker for his family uh, Anna shares her frustrations with the Douchey megachurch pastor uh, Miss Fagin the socialite we met Last episode who's perpetually drunk and giggly uh, Coyly and Very annoyingly hints that she's going to get To stay and her laugh triggers A memory in Melba uh Mm -hmm. i man miss Fagan is i I was kind of neutral about her last episode but this episode she's the fucking worst oh really i (laughs) think so
0: Hmm. i mean i can't take her character seriously i don't know if you're really supposed to at this point okay I, I think that's she's doing exactly what she needs to do in that role. I mean, like 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 as aging debutante
1: socialite, just seems mm-hmm. like the most lightweight thing you can be. And yeah, I, the that's interesting the thing is it's contrasted the the Melba slash uh, Christy or whatever what her name is uh, Claire Claire Claire. Claire. Um, so this triggers a flashback with Melba. Uh, where she's at a party and she overhears Fagin joke about Julia Mao going to ditch her own party. It's so, Julie. Ha, 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 ha. Then uh, sh- uh, she she pledges to go find, because like uh, someone comes up and says, you know, we're running out of time. Apparently, Julie is the star of this party. Uh, so she goes to track them down, and we find that... Uh, Jean-Pierre
0: Meow is arguing with Julie. Half cat, half Frenchman.
1: He is. He is. It's crazy that some of these experiments Earth has gotten up to in the the 24th century is...
0: The proto molecules
1: changed him significantly. He did. He did cat he did. from the waist down? He is. He is. Man, if he ever takes his pants off, it's going to be all tabby, <laughs> just
0: all furry. Uh,
1: so we find out that Melba's actually um, one more time on her name? Because I wrote that Clarissa.
0: Yeah, it's Clarissa, but they oh, everybody calls her Claire. Okay, so Claire
1: meow, uh, Julie's uh, sister. I think younger sister or maybe older sister.
0: Uh. I guess is younger, but I don't remember. It doesn't
1: change how I feel about the situation. Yeah. It would, like, if she's the older sister, it's just everything I'm going to say or all my analysis is that much worse. If she's the oh, younger right. sister, then um, sh- we find that Julie's retiring from racing. Uh, her dad's opinion that she just wants to go whore around the belt, which doesn't impress her very much. Julie says, fuck you, to her dad, actually, on the sci-fi version. She said, forget you. Forget you. you. Uh, can't yeah. wait till we don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> no kidding. And she storms up, a storms off after she says everything you do is corrupt. Um, Christy, or sorry, Claire, uh, hopefully says well, I could take over for her dad on the racing team, and he coldly says, "Don't be absurd."
0: Holy shit! Here's here's the main problem I have with this. Oh, uh-huh, is just uh, he's just running roughshod he, over the. He's just too big of an asshole to her. Like I'm, I man, I'm trying to talk about this without giving anything away yeah it's clear that her mission as defined by this episode is to kill james holden for some kind of family name retribution right Right. like for what he did to her father some perceived slight uh i felt like jules was too hard on her for me to ever believe that she would have the kind of affection required to do this. See, I don't. I don't think it's affection. I think it's
1: like a like a. It's Stockholm both like something Syndrome. to prove
0: and yeah. I and, he, and it the, just seems like she would also be another Julie. Right. Like she'd be fuck you, Dad. Both of the kids would right. Be would be running off rebelling because their dad's an asshole. Well, I
1: just think that, like, oh, I look at the Trump family, for example, and you see, like, you know, I don't know what goes on in there, but I've heard stories about Trump's dad and how he treated him, and then you see, like, these children that are constantly jockeying for their father's approval, and Mm -hmm. one's the golden child, and the others are trying to, like, impress him by, I don't know, meeting with the Russians and shit. I, I feel like that that... That this imperious kind of command of the family where you just expect this loyalty and devotion regardless of what you show back and you encourage this competition amongst the siblings breeds this kind of contempt and like it doesn't feel weird and unnatural because that this this shit might go back generations like Jewel. Uh, you know Jean-Pierre's. Uh, his family treated him that way, and his father was treated that way, and that's why it drives them
0: to excellence. That's what puts this, you know, this fire in their belly. Right, but it, it, it drives them to excellence, but it typically drives them away from the the person who they've, you know, been lorded over by. Right? I, guess I don't think JPM cares. Like if if no, they... but but it's not it's not about that. It's about what is Claire's mission here, like. Claire's mission is to avenge her father. No, well, if it's he to was a,
1: make him love her and respect her as a person. That's what I think is okay. Driving her. I
0: mean, that's super fucked up. I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't. Like, I can't see that. All honestly. right, let's go. Because, because I, 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 think... I, I wish they would have given even a morsel of some kind of fatherly instinct here. Because Jules Pierre Mao, to me comes off as a true monster to oh, his yeah. children. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't. I don't know why Claire would ever care what her father thought about her at that point. I think there is react
1: like that. It's like some children do. They have that thing where just Nick. like, well, you know, fuck him. Like I'm, you know, I'll take advantage of him or sure. I manipulate him for. Some it, but children
0: I'm- do. It just didn't work for me.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, because I, I think as we go, there might be some more to talk about there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I think your analysis of being fucked up is is dead on for sure. Uh, Amos questions uh, Cohen and Monica. Uh, Cohen's trying to be helpful and says, "I switch these isolinear chips." And there's a brief debate with Amos and and Alex about whether they can fix it. And Alex is like, "Oh, it's more of a Naomi thing." Mm-hmm. And uh, Al- Amos is like, oh, "That's what I thought." So he just grabs Monica, th- forces her, to her knees, holds a screwdriver to her neck, and says, "I'm going to ask you once that I'm going to kill her. How do I fix my ship?" um
0: Empty threat, it turns out, but I don't think yeah. any, either of these two thought about it. No, he just that. needed to scare him. Like, that's yeah. the thing that is so brilliant about this. Amos doesn't actually need to carry through with the threat because it's yeah. the fear. He he understands how I, scary he is. I was afraid because I was yeah. thinking the whole time, I'm like, this guy I doesn't lo- know. I love Amos,
1: but I could totally see him just ripping this girl's throat out. And how uh-huh. am I going to feel about that? <laughs> right. Like that's Like, Amos has done some fucked up, repugnant shit. Over the course of these three seasons, but, like, I've always felt like he's somewhat justified, mm-hmm. but this is just fucking war crimes. Fortunately, yeah. I didn't have to, like, you know, threatening somebody is a lot different than actually doing it, uh, especially when you're talking about something oh, like sure. Amos anyway. So, like, I'm glad I didn't have to sweat that. And he that, never had but... an
0: intention to go through with it. No. That's the thing. Like, he I... knew that the fear would be enough, um... If If he thought Monica was in on it, I I totally think he could have done it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just
1: think he believed that she was innocent, and that's... And
0: And Amos knows that if he threatens somebody and they don't tell him what he wants to hear, they don't know. Right, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's the thing that is so awesome about this scene. Right. Amos just comes off looking like the world's scariest badass. (laughs) He really does. He really does. Uh, The other thing that I want to talk about in this scene is, in the books... It's very different because Naomi is with the crew still. Like the, the, she leaves. Well, the, you didn't see that, but my my, my <laughs> hair just got blown back. Yeah, so it's a totally different scenario here, and the tension in the books is all about like, will Naomi be able to fix this in time before you know they get destroyed or whatever? Right. Before bad shit happens to them, here it's very different. It's the tension is can they even fix it at all? Right. Uh, and I think that really served the show well i think they're doing a lot of smart stuff with yeah the especially since it brings so much more to naomi's character to put her with the belters right so yeah you uh, get to see a lot more of her backstory and then she eventually is coming back anyway right she's on her way yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: she's she's on her way hold on ross so i thought that was a good change uh but yeah the uh we then see the the zeusin launches another probe and it slowly accelerates up to eighteen thousand kilometers per hour uh oh kilometers per hour not kps okay kilometers per hour now i'm starting to think i it was me that fucked up Oh, was it kph yeah well i wrote down kph okay so i must like since i was taking close notes i'm assuming so kph is that's that's quite a bit slower than cape kph is quite a bit smaller than kps yeah i mean 360 times slower yeah (laughs) yeah something like that i'm not gonna do math live on the air um uh, co- uh, that so they figured out that's kind of like the speed limit inside uh, this this uh, residential area and uh mm. Holden asked uh commands them to match course and speed
0: yeah that's smart i I like how they tested the speed limit here.
1: Uh, the other probe heads to the bubble and gets disintegrated, which is mm-hmm. cool because it puts an effective upper limit on the pursuit. You know, yeah. this is a single entry. They don't have guns. There's one way out. <laughs> it puts they their have, back
0: against the wall. They
1: have a well-armed Martian mach- uh, machine uh, in pursuit. Uh, there's 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 going to be a resolution to this this pursuit.
0: How good is Alex at tag? That's the real question. <laughs>
1: Because if he's good enough, he can avoid it. I don't think he can defeat you however them. many PDCs that uh, and, and missiles. And, but they can't and use
0: they can't use any of that. It's too fast. I get well, no, Pete. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, all those all those really fast web. Everything that they shoot at high velocity mm-hmm. to pierce the other ships is just not going to work. Yeah, here. So you're right. Even the PDC rounds would would get yeah. torched. Hmm. So I mean, really, it's a matter of can they or can't they dock? Yeah. Or or can they or can't they? maybe like push them into the edge of the bubble i don't know what hmm. what the deal is here but it doesn't seem like it's that dangerous of a situation um, or at least not immediately dangerous yeah like
1: it's like they can maybe play hide and seek inside this ring for a while but if, like if if the Rosanati ever goes out then they can just get blown away yeah um maybe that's what the the end game that holden's referring to later on the episode uh, So, at this point, uh, the behemoth uh, hears the uh, Martian ship giving a status update about the inside of the ring. They say that they've got the Rasanati and they're going to apprehend it soon. And they advise everyone to stay out of the ring until <laughs> they evaluate the situation. Of course, don't, they do. Don't worry, other two factions. We've mm-hmm. got this.
0: Totally cool. Trust the Martians. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think they want the monopoly on the inside of the ring. This stuff about radio communication is bullshit. Uh, Ashford checks up on Naomi uh, and levels
1: with her about the Holden situation, and you know, he opines that he's fine with killing innocent people if they protect his innocent people. <laughs> uh, he then kind of relates to her by saying he used to have a good ship, his was the best pirate ship in the belt, but he outgrew them, which is why he's here. Uh, and he goes, but something sometimes happens in these situations where you think back on past relationships and you only remember the good times. <laughs> and you think that, hey, we can go back and live in that perfect image of what we were, but it never works that's a trick that nostalgia plays on you uh, yeah it's
0: interesting here he's talking about uh, you know the the Racinante essentially yeah. like yeah. look, you only remember the good times about these people right there's there were a reason a lot you of bad left. times you left for a reason, but what he doesn't realize is that Naomi has an even deeper sorrowful past with the opa right like she says i left the opa before i left them so yeah so th- this kind of backfires like this is yeah because like he
1: he thinks he's he's saying the one thing but he's really saying the other yeah like like this was her nostalgia trip to go back to the behemoth exactly uh i thought that was like they never come out and really say that they just trust that you pick up on the dialogue and all that uh, uh-huh. i thought it was really good No, it's good writing um Alex checks uh, on Holden in his quarters to his chagrin. God. I love this scene. Yeah, because there's like some subtle acting that Stephen Strait's doing when he's like, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's like, hey, I didn't I didn't want to interrupt you in case you're talking to Miller. He just kind of like lifts his eyebrows like a quarter inch <laughs> and doesn't say anything. And he goes,
0: it's so funny because Alex didn't want to interrupt him via the radio, right. but he will come down here and physically interrupt him.
1: I, man, that's oh God, when I was working IT uh, constantly, yeah people would be like knock on my door hey you know i don't want to be a bother bullshit if you didn't (laughs) want to be a bother you wouldn't be knocking on my fucking door so what do you want stop all this first time caller or you know for a long time (laughs) listener first time caller business or like yeah "Yeah, oh i didn't want to call you because i didn't want to. like no you didn't want to be ignored so right get, get you know spit it and,
0: and I mean, A- just... Alex's dance that he does here is tiptoeing around, <laughs> so, you know, no trying Miller? to get the info. Right? It's so good. Yeah, and he just shuts his, the door to his face and you
1: hear him on the other side scream, Miller! Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, it's it's not just frustration to Alex, it's frustration the inability to summon Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, returning to the bridge, hears commotion and finds Amos in the middle of s- apparently spacing the reporters. He's got him in the airlock. Uh, another funny scene but it turns out the Amos there's some there's some method to his madness mm-hmm. he concludes that since they can't communicate uh, they're going to use the uh, low bandwidth method of throwing two <laughs> humans through the airlock towards the Martians yeah and hoping they put in a good word for them I'm hoping they get picked up A <laughs> right which I think they probably will uh, Th- you know. there's no reason
0: for them not to pick them up because it might but... be
1: holding like you never know like they, they kind of have to they can't ignore that's it that's true yeah um but, uh, and if not, they're, he's sending them to their doom because they will sure. eventually hit the edge of this That's bubble. true. That's true. Uh, and like Alex, as they're going out, he's like, Hey, 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 tell them we didn't blow up the Sung Un. And <laughs> like Monica's face, that's not mm-hmm. the face of someone who might be giving you a good review. No. Uh, no. on the other hand, what's her incentive to lie? Like, she can give a full mm-hmm. account of like the crazy fucking Amos and all that stuff, but like, you know, Cohen, Jack, like, I, I feel like that she, as a reporter and a journalist, she will probably tell the truth because that's the better story. Yeah. Like, if she starts manufacturing and and being a part of the story, um, like, inorganically, it's going to fuck up her, like, you know, her her award.
0: And they're, they're going to get the same truth out of Cohen that Amos did. <laughs> I know? think so. Yeah. Like, look, I sabotaged this. I was hired by someone to sabotage it. I didn't know what would happen. Right. Uh Yeah. I'm pretty sure that'll be the message.
1: Uh, On board the UNN uh, Prince, Uh, Anna sidles up to Miss Fagan, and she's kind of a shit, uh, because she's like, uh, tries to make Anna feel better by being sent back to Titan, because she's like, well, you're looking through a screen no matter what. And she goes, ah, I was just honestly just saying that to make you feel good. It's going to be nothing like that. It's like, mm. God damn, this woman. <laughs> um, she finds out that she's pulled a few strings because she's got some leverage over the captain of the ship. So she's going to stay behind. And Anna asked him to pull for her. They exchange truths about what they want. Uh, Fagan says she's an aging debutante, burying her emptiness and regret with thrill seeking uh, versus Annika. Anna, Annika. Anna's first miracle in her lifetime. Um, And she wants to indulge in a selfish desire to be part of something amazing. And they're suddenly besties. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can totally... Anna feels disingenuous here because I think she is. Um, Fagin feels disingenuous because Hmm. I know she is. It's a weird relationship. I'm wondering if this is going to be just like a one-time deal. Or I'm going to, you know, like... Something about this is going to bite Anna in the ass. Um, There's a little bit of flirtation going on there between... A one-way well, flirtation.
0: Th- there were jokes about flirtation. I don't think the flirtation was actually happening. I think Miss Fagin would take down Anna if she could. Climb her I mean, tree. I, I'm i not going to say no on that, but I, I think, like, the... The joke here was, "Hey, uh, you you just said a line that could definitely be making a pass at me, right? Right? uh, And I'm going to point that out and make you feel uncomfortable, right, Miss (laughs) Volovadov? Yeah,
1: Volovadov. So yeah, she's she apparently is going to pull strings for her because
0: I, I get it. I mean, I why do you think Anna's being disingenuous in this scene?
1: Because I think that she would say anything that she thinks would make this person want to take pity on her." And, and just to, like, hmm. disingenuous, like, look at the way she approaches Miss Fagin versus the way she approaches Melba. Mm-hmm. Like, one is, like, a genuine desire to connect and help someone, and one is, I need something from you. So, I don't think that she's lying
0: about anything but, she's saying. But, uh... Her effect is the, what I'm talking the, about. The debutante, his name, I can't remember. Oops. Uh, Fagin. Yeah, Fagin. Um, she doesn't need anything from Anna. No. So, why would she approach Aunt Fagin as this person who's willing to help with their problems no
1: what i'm saying is i just feel like her it's 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 her effect like she that like anna coming to her for something that she wants is a different is not
0: is not the real anna (laughs) i feel like maybe the actress very much comes off as this incredibly earnest person Mm -hmm. uh Yes. And I think that's, like, just built into her face and her features and her mannerisms. Uh-huh. And I think that might be getting in the way a little bit. Oh, so you're of saying. Of, like, someone who actually is, like, a driven person and has goals and desires in their life. They're not just, like, this innocent soul out to just help others. No, I get it, but I, like Ent- I said. Entirely, at
1: least. Yeah, but, I mean, I've seen her spar with other people and just, I don't know. I've never seen her be this obsequious, I guess. Hmm. Um Okay. And, and again, like, I don't – I you know, like, this, this 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 Fagin, like, I don't get her. I'm not sure why. I mean, maybe the idea is, like, well, I'm going to be stuck here with these, like, fucking sailors and jarheads. Maybe having just a normal girl with me will be f- fun. Uh-huh. You know, like, I'll have someone to, to, to talk civilian shit with or appreciate it from that level. Maybe that's that's it. I, I was trying yeah. to figure out what is it. Or maybe it's, like, sometimes, like, these rich and powerful people like – indulging you know the 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 common folk just you know out of a sense of whimsy or whatever sure yeah um who knows who knows uh but um melba as she's walking with her fellow crewmates seems smugly satisfied at all the dragging that holden is experiencing in the media but one of her fellow technicians is skeptical and wants to wait to see what the martians figure out which makes melba's face darken Mm -hmm. Uh, think of all the other horrible shit he's done or whatever she says right right uh she's they're they're cleaning out Rin's locker they look at all the performance reviews which is like you know whatever uh the the key thing is is uh melba or claire uh finds out about wren's uh, wife and child sees a picture of that which makes her feel guilty and they also find his compad which that's what they use to look at their performance reviews and that'll be important later on uh it also triggers a flashback Mm -hmm. Uh, because Melba tracks or sorry Claire it's very confusing Claire uh, uh, tracks Julie out uh, where she's drinking champagne underneath a tree and whines about how she's humiliating father and me and I'm through being humiliated by you and here's the thing I think that Julie is trying to help her sister appreciate that her father is a damaged man that nothing you do will ever be good enough for him I'm not humiliating you father is humiliating you Mm -hmm. and you're transferring that to me because you can't deal with the fact that you're not getting the love that should be your birthright as a child of someone you should get unconditional love and you're not getting it Um, but but Claire can't can't hear that and one thing is interesting is like if Claire's the older sister, it's a real mind fuck Because, like, Julie is named after Jean-Pierre. And, like, she's, like, literally carrying... She's the standard bearer for her family, and she's the golden child. Mm-hmm. And to be passed over like that is, like, holy shit, you know?
0: Yeah, I wish I knew the, the order of birth there.
1: Right. It reminds me a little bit of, um... Uh... You remember in Gattaca, like, the... the... I remember zero about okay, Gattaca, Okay, well, there's so a situation in, Ga- no. <laughs> situation in Gattaca is there's a, two brothers. One was given a natural... The firstborn was, like, a natural-born child, uh, you know, because in the Gattaca's future, they do all this Gattaca's genetic engineering. and fucking clone. Um, and and uh, so the one guy was a natural-born child, and when they're going to name him, the mother starts to name him after the father, and the father goes, no, let's name him something else. And then later they have a genetically engineered child that he gives his name to. Mm, Uh, And I'm like, I think that's kind of like, it's all shades of this massive, like if Julie's the firstborn and she's the standard bearer, like, and she's the youngest one, she's always trying to catch up. That's one level of like emotional fucked upness. But if you're the oldest one and you just get passed over, like a Sam in Game of Thrones
0: situation
1: it's just that
0: times 100 <laughs> they the, the, give it, you a complex yeah.
1: yeah so like so you don't you don't buy this cuz like to me this is just very much
0: pathos like this is no i i specifically don't so okay i looked it up and julie is the oldest daughter okay. so claire is younger
1: all right so so it's just just straight up uh you know uh trying to, to trying to chase julie who is the namesake who is the Golden Child, who is all of her father's admirations and regrets rolled up in the one yeah who who
0: wants none of it um yeah i I don't know, I just thought they should have at least shown us what Jules Pierre Mao isn't a father to to Claire at all, as yeah. far as I can tell, but he's he's somebody who he's a, he's worse, he's a god, just puts her in the back yeah i I get it. I, I just didn't – it didn't connect with me. Huh. Like, well, I, mean, I didn't does, feel yeah. like there was an emotional connection between them at all, which to that
1: – Neither that of end, our like,
0: fathers are, like, billionaire industrial
1: moguls. My father right. was very demanding and still to this day is hard to please. Yeah. Like – He's never in my adult life said he's proud of me or loves me. <laughs> okay,
0: so, Yeah. My, that was not my experience. Maybe, up, so. maybe
1: I'm connecting this a little bit much because, like, I you know my could, little could be yeah. I mean, my little brother is like I, I. don't think that he's like exceeded my accomplishments. I, I don't know what he feels about it because we don't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like I could I could easily see me on either side of this equation.
0: You, you also went off and wasted your life as a podcaster. I did. Yeah. I did. I had a promising <laughs> career <in> and <laughs> threw it, it all away.
1: It away for this full time podcasting gig, <laughs> uh, which was certainly some fights my father and I had, because like, yeah, he yeah. did that blew his fucking mind that I would do something like that. <laughs> like I'd <laughs> whore myself around the internet <laughs> in front of his micro in front of his microphone. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I'm trying to find out where I was at in the notes.
0: Um. Amos and Alex. Are let, ch- me, let me say they're they're doing a good job remixing. Uh. The the way they depict Melba's mixed feelings about what she's doing. You know, like. She's she's clearly driven to avenge her father, but also she's got to kill people in the process, and she yeah. does not like that fact. Right. And because, like,
1: these, all of her motivations are external. This is not something yes. that she – she wants her father's love, but she should get for free. Mm-hmm. But she's chasing it. Not None of these things she does because she's passionate about it. It's all to say, Daddy, look at me. Yeah. You know? I'm doing something cool. Love me. You know? Uh. Amos and Alex are trying to get the ship working again, and Holden confesses to Miller. Uh, Holden confesses to Miller is a no-show. Uh, Alex uh, gives the opinion that Rossi is going to need a shipyard to fix what ails her. Uh, Holden briefly runs through their options, and it seems like surrender is the best one, that or die, since they have no no weapons and, and no way to communicate. Um <laughs> Uh, Alex worries that Amos was too hard on the reporters. Uh, Amos says, hey, I was being gentle. And there's this exchange where Holden's like, yeah, but I kind of wish you'd ran it by me first. And he's like, uh-huh. sorry, Cap. Um, Amos also is very not happy with the decision to surrender.
0: Yeah, no, I I like how they have forced the, the Rossi into a cage here. I wonder if there's going to be a struggle because like it. It, it it seems
1: to me that Holden is not informing Alex and Amos that he's going to go jump towards the nucleus, mm-hmm. and I wonder next week if we'll see some kind of power struggle where Amos is like, "Well, the captain's lost his fucking mind." Like we all uh, uh, were, were as afraid he would, and we want to do. I, I want to do one thing, and Alex wants to do the other. Who's going to win? I mean, Amos. I mean, Amos. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Amos definitely will. <laughs> he just beat the piss out of Alex and. Can and, he steer and the I ship? Don't, I don't it, think he's easy to reason with either. No. I mean, he's hard-headed. No, no, no. And he has the might on his side. Right, right. Um, so,
1: next scene, Drummer gives one of the greatest motivational speeches I've ever heard.
0: Like, oh, yeah? No, I thought, okay. it was,
1: I thought it was brilliant. I thought I put it up there with, like, uh, King Theoden of Rohan giving the, you know... Ride the wrath and ruin speech uh, outside Minas Tirith. I will I'll put up a Rocky Balboa speech to his son and, and Balboa. Like uh, also, it's where, where he says, "Hit him, hit him, kid, hit him." <laughs> I also uh, no, it's one. It's like it's, I, I know. It's not how many times you get knocked over. It's how many times you get up. You're that, not that, a quitter. A...
0: M- M- Milo, Milo, Milo Ventimiglia, or whatever his name is. Definitely
1: um, heroes. It's also a nice tribute to our podcast. I thought uh, Dan and Ty were really nice, but this big speech about, you know, how this is all for Beltaloda. Yeah. And having them all yeah. chant our podcast, that's that's pretty sweet. You can't buy that <laughs> advertising, to be honest. Yeah, thank you for the acknowledgement. We should make that We should make that the intro music for our podcast, just, <laughs> just everyone chanting Beltalota. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, I, also, drummer pronounced Beltaloda as Beltalada. In the beginning, of, yeah. and then she comes back loaded at the end?
0: Yeah, I'm. Man. Fake, fake Belter girl. These fucking fake Belter girls trying to pass themselves off. Look, I, I think the Belter <laughs> stuff is spotty, depending on actor, depending on scene. Right. it is. It is not always consistently awesome. That's why they need to just cool it with all the Belter stuff, except when Diogo's speaking, because Diogo can do it best. See, I disagree.
1: I had a dis. I, I was talking about that in the forums, is like the. The idea that this belter creole, this big mixing pot of languages and cultures out in the belt, mm-hmm. I think it's worth a few flaws in execution because the idea oh, yeah. is so cool.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: Just like if I can understand Chinese, I'm sure the cast of Firefly was butchering those Chinese curses. Yes. Yeah. But the idea was worth the execution. Here, it's just since it's recognizably English, mm-hmm. I, I guess i hand wave it I I feel like every station and moon and asteroid probably has a slightly different twang or accent to it so like these flaws but, are but just, here you're talking about the same character well maybe she spent some time on series and sometime you know <laughs> uh-huh uh you know my family moved down to texas for like two or three years when i was a teenager i have hardly any of that twang my sister's got a little bit my brother who went down there when he was five as i as, as i got a marked southern accent
0: to him yeah. So, like, I could see that. I could see some drift happening if you're moving around. I noticed around. that in Naomi's speech this episode, she's starting to lean back away from the belter stuff. I, and I don't know if that's intentional. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. I assume so. I Because I noticed it in the scene where she's talking to Ashford, and mm-hmm. he's trying to convince her that, you know, it's a mistake to go back to them. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I could see her like, you know what? Uh, it's not a mistake, and I'm going to show you that with my speech. Uh, but, no,
1: I thought it was a great speech. It's I could see myself saying this to my son in the future. Like, you know, this the, the this is your captain, and this is your, speech, your ship. This is your moment. You think you're mm-hmm. scared, but that's not fear. That's your sharpness. That's your sharpness. That's, with you. that's, that's your power. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what she says. No, she says. That's your sharpness. That's your power, which is – that's a great <laughs> yeah. way to recontextualize fear. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's your body jacking you with adrenaline to get you ready to kick ass. So – like, don't flee from it. Embrace it. That's what makes you powerful. Um yeah. And that this is nothing to fear. This is where we belong. This is our birthright. No one's more prepared. Uh, the inners are inner in it, but they wouldn't even be there if a Belter hadn't opened it. And yeah, yeah. And then they de- they they dedicated it to your podcast. So what more do you want? <laughs> uh, also, this I is want the Navu to go into the ring. This, this is the that's scene, what I want. This is the scene to the Behemoth. <laughs> Don't fucking okay, don't fucking fair. misname this ship. It transitioned. Uh, the 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 ring also is huge because I the, the behemoth going into it highlighted how big the fucking ring is. Yeah, because the behemoth looks teeny tiny
0: in comparison. Uh, I mean, it's massive compared to the other ships, right. In the area, right. and it's tiny compared to the ring. And
1: also, how I love how the belters are all in. Like, it's not mm. just a couple of belter <laughs> ships. It's it's the fucking yeah. whole. Th- Faloda. it's <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. it's the big, it's it's the behemoth. It's all the support ships. They they the they are pushing probably the bulk of their fleet and probably. saying we are all in. Yeah. Um. And I thought that was a that's a great that's a great Han Solo moment for the belt. Uh, Anna tries to get Father Dickbutt. I don't know his name, <sighs> but I don't like him, so he's he's going to be Father <laughs> Dick for now. Gone
0: now, so yeah. uh, yeah.
1: Uh, he tries to get in on the hot staying on board action. Because he seemed like he was bummed out to be kicked off too. Uh, when they observe an ensign trying to defect, because he f- he signed up to fight the Dusters and the Skinnies, but this ring shit, no fucking way. He'd rather spin prison and Titan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> surprised, they uh, they tase him and uh, take him to the brig instead. Yeah. But uh, Father Dickbutt reveals that he's scared <laughs> and doesn't want to go. He opines that there's nothing in the ring but darkness and blood at the foot of a false idol. Mm. God is not with us out here. He was wrong. God's, I mean, that's an interesting theological standpoint to, to make. That God is, there's points in the universe where God doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. No, I I don't know how you would justify that. I think that's the but man. But I'm sure he would twist that's, in that's, the wind that's to the, do that's it. That's
1: the man speaking, not the godly man speaking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and this kind of fucks with Anna because she then goes to send a hasty message to her wife where she doesn't even really finish because she, she tries to like justify what she's doing and she realizes that she can't and also the fact that this is happening and there's nothing that's going to stop and this
0: is the unknown is starting to catch up to her yeah I mean th- this scene is trying to impress upon you just how dangerous and how potentially foolish this whole operation is right yeah. it's it's completely unknown and uh, I mean th- you know father Dickbutt here saying that God is not with us, that is the most powerful and ominous thing a person of faith can say. Yeah. Is that God has forsaken us in this place. Sure. That should scare the shit out of Anna, and the fact that she doesn't go with him says a lot about her. Right. Um, although I guess he's in good company because even
1: Christ said, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me when he's up on the cross? So. Uh-huh. <laughs> or the stake, as my uh, you know... Uh, It was uh, a circle, wasn't it? Yeah. Westworld taught me, like... Yeah, they impaled impaled him on a a Vitruvian man kind of... Yeah. It's it's all mistranslation in the Greek (laughs) Greek Septuagint. If you'd properly studied the Bible, you'd know this. Mm -hmm. Um, She then tries to sidle up the Melba again and tries to relate to her. Uh, We find that the Melba was... um, Or Claire was trying to manipulate a panel labeled Tracker slash Course Predictions. Hmm... Uh, I wonder if she's going to try to, like, remotely hijack a ship and cause, like, a collision outside the ring or and, and try to blame it on... Or maybe she's going to... She actually has control of the Rasanani, and as soon as they go inside, she's going to have it, like, ram a ship, so Holden can never clear his name, and he'll go down in infamy. Mildly interesting. That's why I thought I'd get, but that's that's my <laughs> mildly interesting prediction. Um uh, we didn't go back. Uh, ha, ha, ha. We have a, yet another flashback to Jules. Meow. Uh, Christy discussing uh, or Claire rather. God damn it. Discussing Julie. Uh, it's funny because with all the talk of whoring and disappointment, Jules is clearly proud of his daughter's fire and will and unstoppable nature mm-hmm. and compares her favorably to Claire who just plans parties. Right. You know, who knows her role and stays in her lane. And that's not the that, you know, that's that's not the meow way.
0: Here's the thing. In, More I like was... a dog and less like a cat, uh, Claire. <laughs> uh, in in the, the Churn, the official podcast, they were talking about how one of the writers, I'm not sure which one it was, Dan or Ty, um, was pushing to make this – everything that Jules says to Claire – the most unintentionally insulting thing. And I thought they went a little too far with that. I don't think this is unintentionally insulting. I think this is very intentionally insulting. I do too. I'm I'm shocked to hear them say that. Because to me, yeah. that's this. Which is this why is, I say they missed the mark. Like, it's it's too much. I think that Mal. He has to know the things he's saying are hurtful. Right. I think that Mal,
1: my read is like, I don't think he's intentionally saying it. I think that this is just how he was raised. Like, this unconscious manipulation is just like breathing to him like this this fostering competition and Hmm. loyalty and like this devotion it's like again i think it's a generational thing where he's just uh it's 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 the same thing of like this is essentially the lannister family you've got this glacial powerful implacable man that all the children love but hate and they they clearly see his flaws but they still want they crave that love and acceptance and belonging um i'm i'm yeah i'm kind of shocked to hear them saying that these are unintentional i i think that is true like on a meta level that he's not like thinking like what's the worst thing i can say to Claire her to really fracture her like an egg it's just that's how he rolls Hmm. um but like any outside observer would be like well that's an intentional slight you know (laughs) right um so she comes back from a reverie to explain cause Anna was asking her why she's staying. And she's just explained she's standing to the hazard pay. Uh, then excuses herself, find Ron Ra- And here's the biggest problem I have in the episode. She finds Rin's compad and uses it to send a signal out to his family and says, you need to get this message to, Ju- to, the Jean- Jules Pierre, mm-hmm. uh, and she says, Daddy, you're rotting away in jail, and you're a great visionary man, and I can't fix that, but I can destroy the man who brought you low. And that's something Julie could never do. I'm trying to think, this this wife getting this message from someone she doesn't know, saying, hey, I'm sorry your husband's dead. Uh, you need to get this message to my very powerful, fame like, what the fuck? Imagine if you're like, uh, I don't know, some, like, you're an offshoreman working an oil rig, right? And you die. And and you got a wife back at home and some woman she's never met calls from the platform and says, your husband's dead. Also, I'm Warren Buffett's daughter. Give him this cryptic message, like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, oh, and also Warren Buffett is
0: in jail. Uh, yeah, he, he's in prison. He's
1: infamy. Like that. Yeah. That wife is going to call the cops. This is going to blow up your whole spot. <laughs> like, is this is is is? Am I supposed to understand that Claire's a little soft headed or not thinking straight?
0: Or well, here's the thing: we know this message is going to take a very long time to reach its destination. But her right? whole
1: her whole idea is to bring. Destroy the man who brought low. If if found, find if everyone finds out that he was caught up in his big frame job, but it's it, bound
0: to happen anyway. They're gonna know that this message was fake eventually. This message is not designed like this. Holden broadcast is not designed as a permanent solution to the problem. So she's just trying to murder Holden. It, it has to be. Otherwise, See, I thought
1: that I thought that it's not just because she could have murdered Holden easily. They could have just planted a bomb on the Rossi. How, how would she get onto the Rossi? She wouldn't. She'd have her camera guy plant these isolator chips that would make the reactor override and blow up. Like, if she okay. just wanted to kill yeah. Holden, like, I thought she wanted to humiliate him. And if the humiliation I, only lasts four hours and then he's deified in death...
0: But, but it doesn't seem like that plan holds up to
1: that that's, idea, that's right? What, like, that's what I'm saying. This is yeah. why I say this is my biggest problem. Now... Mm-hmm. It could just be Claire is not thinking rationally. and like I can think of all, all kinds of excuses for mm-hmm. why she's doing this, but holy shit. I do hope seem... they address
0: the, the temporary nature of her plan.
1: Yes, because if she just wanted to kill Holden, there's a ton of easier ways to do it. And mm-hmm. if she just wanted to... If she wants to humiliate him, then this seems like it's going to blow up her spot. So, just yeah. so she can brag to her... Does she not think that she's going to survive this plan? That's the other thing. But then again... Which Because I can just see I can just see Jean-Pierre, He's in prison And he's like Fucking daughter Goes and gets herself killed Now Holden's mm-hmm. and even Like he's on Jesus level Of popularity Don't send a
0: party planner To do an assassin's job
1: He's no longer <laughs> The hero of the ring He's the heroic martyr Of the ring He's right. the god emperor Of the ring
0: Yeah <laughs> Like come on Come on Claire uh, So let me ask you this Should've stuck to of parties Where is Claire At this moment Is she inside the ring is she in the bubble? Not on yet. That ship because that came if she in? was,
1: the c- communication wouldn't go out, period.
0: And well, contemporary... well, no, according to Mars, the communication wouldn't go out, period. Well, but. We don't actually
1: know that Mars is telling us the truth. The here. timeline is Anna is talking, uh, trying to get a last minute message out to her wife and saying, that by the time you get this, I'll be in the ring. And then she goes to okay. talk. So I, I think she that. She is outside of the ring currently. So yes. that message will get out. Yes, 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 huh. indeed. Um. So, the Belter fleet, in, in its entirety, enters the ring. Uh, once in, Naomi tries to steal a skiff, but finds them all locked down. Drummer confronts her, and she's genuinely hurt. And they have uh, some discussion about nostalgia, and Naomi's loyalties as a Belter, and uh, Drummer lets her go. Uh, lots of emotion in this, in this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where Naomi flips the script on Ashford's theory that like the real nostalgia was me trying to come back to the belt.
0: Uh, so. Yeah, no, and and she's making the decision to abandon her other friend Drummer in this situation, right? So I can see why it would be emotionally
1: charged. She says, "Afraid you wouldn't let me go," and Drummer says, "You underestimate me." Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I would have made the same underestimation because yeah. Drummer yeah. doesn't seem like the type that would be sentimental and let. Because, like, what kind of fucking precedent does this set? Where's her chief engineer? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let her go. Yeah. She she
0: missed her friends. Right. Right. (laughs) So I let her go.
1: Right. And, like, she's locking down the rest of the ship so no one can desert, but the chief engineer gets to desert because they're best friends. Like, maybe this is... Because we talked about how kind of loosey-goosey Belter culture is and how, like, they see that as a strength, but, like, the bigger and larger and more organized they get, it'll be a, a weakness. I wonder if this is, like, the first kind of crack in in um, this this fragile kind of multi-party alliance within the OPA. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the other thing is, like, I imagine, you know, it's all Beltalota, 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 but, like, surely if you're a, a belter out on some shitty backwards asteroid, you're not as... You have things worse than like a person stationed on Titan, right? Probably yeah. or Ganymede or things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I bet within the Belters themselves, there's petty divisions and 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 loyalties and you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, look at look at. The, there are a lot of factions of Belters. I mean, right, they, they talk exactly. about this um, you got the terrorist, black sky, black, yep, I think. Yep, um, the terrorist arm. You've got Anderson Dawes. You've got Fred Johnson. Like sure. All of these who's groups. Who's not even a
1: belt, real Belter. He's an Earther. Who's right, yeah. A de
0: facto leader. Like, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of ways that
1: they either can cling to their individual nature and be destroyed, or they can band together and paper over these. And that's that's tough to do. Yep. That is tough to do. Um, the, you know... I think as a, in America, we have this like naive notion that revolution always goes good, well. When we're one of the exceptions, like usually when revolution happens, it's a shit show, and yeah. it, it it flies apart and destroys and get goes through many, many you know, revolutions and things like that. Like it doesn't usually lead to a stable form of government to endures for you. So like the and the belters are kind of doing a revolution right now by hijacking this warship and
0: mm-hmm. you know, insisting muscling to the to the table with their proto molecule and their nukes. Like Yeah, it's gonna be all about the aftermath of that revolution, you know, how they bring people back together. Sure. And I And that's the hardest part. And I you know, like the I fucking love the politics
1: in the show, so that's great. Yeah. Uh Back on the Holden's kind of like speaking of nostalgia, fingering his EXO badge oh, from the Canterbury.
0: Don't don't ever finger your EXO. <laughs> don't do it. It's just a bad. Like Picard wasn't fingering Riker <laughs> in, in the ready room. This wasn't happening.
1: Well, I mean, more we fingering as Pips. But uh, <laughs> what what is he? What I, I I'm not saying that this was like out of character, but I'm, I'm trying to understand like what the show was having us think about in my opinion like what is what's I, in holden's mind here
0: i got the impression that he was just uh, wanting after simpler times when he wasn't in charge he and was trying not to figure making out. these calls right. yeah he was not risking his life he was just on some backwoods nowhere spaceship hauling ice you know hey, it's not that too kind of late thing. to dump the soil
1: into the floor of the galley and get your foot get your get your toes in there <laughs> uh-huh. get your toes buried you know you can always there's there's always that there's the third third way you can always just True. get your get your feet dirty, Holden. Uh, Jonathan Banks will show you the way. <laughs> um, then Miller just appears and says, why are you slowing down? We got to get to the crime scene. Uh, there's a really funny scene where Holden demands to know, I don't want any more of your bullshit crime stories. I need to know what you know. And Miller just shoots back a stream of techno babble, which seems to check out because I'm not smart enough and don't have a grounding of mathematics. But, like, Lorenzian manifolds, for example, are like, Four-dimensional representations of space-time that are vital to like understanding general relativity. All right, and I'm like, uh, no, nah, yeah, no, I, I, I was, I, I, made, I made a college effort to try. Well, not even a college. I made a high, high school g- effort yeah. to understand. <laughs> I gave it the old high school try to understand the, the math and like, I, yeah, You're not but, supposed to, but, that it, that's but it, the does. Whole point, it does, it right? does check like, out. Like I'm, I'm holding, and I just got checked by the super intelligent entity.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, he's like, the okay. point is I'm never going to be able to explain this to right. you. We don't have time even if I could, even if I thought you were smart enough. Right. Uh let's just get done with it. So we get Holden's done. like, so the crime scene, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> a great comedic moment.
1: Which we find out is the nucleus. Um Holden also remarks that like Miller seems sharper, different, yep. and Miller says, well the 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 signal's pretty good inside the ring. Uh-huh. So, um you you rewatched the whole series before the season, right? Mm-hmm. Is this cuz I'm trying to
0: think of like w- I did not. I watched I actually, like Actually la- no, I watched um a good chunk of season 1 and the end of season 2 like the last four episodes. Okay, or I so. did the same thing. I did like the last four or five. It
1: was the I started at the scene where Miller dies with Julie. So okay. I didn't get to get, get a good grasp of what he was like or is this He's very coming similar? back around to real okay. Miller. Yeah. So so this is pretty
0: much like season 1 and 2 of Miller. It's getting there. It's not quite there. Okay. Um, it, it it almost seems like Miller with some of his pathos removed. Okay, that makes sense
1: because he's you know you know uh, he's presumably unified with whatever's left of Julie. I think it's an interesting question because Amos himself asks it, mm-hmm. like how much of that Miller is actually Miller, and I think we're supposed to question that. But like now that he's inside the ring, it seems a lot like a lot of the personality of Miller Very is still much. intact. Yeah. Um, which might be good for humanity if like there's there's remnants of. I, and that's the thing I'm, I think we're supposed to be understood is that Julie has like mankind's in her in, like in in her understanding mankind's best interest in, at heart, mm-hmm. as opposed to Meow, who is you know nakedly opportunistic and narcissistic and you know real politic. Like Julie wants what's best for
0: all humans. So why that, that's, a, that's a why good, do you bring Julie into this?
1: Well, if Miller. I, if Miller is this intact, I have to mm-hmm. believe that Julie is somewhat intact too, and okay. that since that's one of the first exposures to humanity, the the proto molecule got this is all conjecture on my part, but like those those personalities seem to be able to shape the interaction with humanity, so this proto might not be as terrible as like you know. The, the Katoa stuff would lead us to believe where it's hmm. just like all violent and consuming and, and the fact that the protomolecular hasn't taken over to Rasanati for example implies right. some kind of selective destruction and and I don't know working the great work whatever it is
0: yeah I, I think it's certainly selective in the, I guess the tools it has access to right because the the people we know that the proto molecule has deconstructed, I guess. Um, are Miller and Julie, right? And it's using the tool of Miller, the tool it has at its disposal to contact Holden, who is a man who can get things done for it. What it right. wants, we don't know yet. Um, but yeah, it's very. It, it's almost like, well, we've got this. You know, we could we could hang this picture with a nail or a screw, and right. I've got a screwdriver, right? And so I guess Holden's going to be our screw Uh uh-huh um so yeah like i wonder if they if they had access to more of like julie's relations essentially like Uh claire or jules pierre or something if they could use her as their instrument i am questioning whether
1: like there'll be an instance of julie reaching out 113 times per second or whatever it was to claire Uh, in the same Uh way that Holden is being reached out by Miller. And the other thing I'm wondering is, like, as you say, the protomolecule uses these facets of these personalities as tools, Mm -hmm. and as part of his reaching out. So it's using these to kind of shape its its world, but are the tools shaping the protomolecule? I, Uh, I think certainly shaping what it's doing it at any given moment. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's got to influence its understanding of humanity because this is just parts of a puzzle it's trying to put together. Um, uh-huh. So I, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, how malevolent or benevolent the protomolecule is. And these last three episodes are leading me to think it's more benevolent. But it's also extremely alien in the Lovecraft sense, so that might be dangerous to try to anthropomorphize it. Sure. You know, like, I, it reminds me, like, I just saw on Twitter, like, somebody shared this picture of the spider. Like, when those jumping spiders are kind of cute, and it was carrying a small, uh, smaller spider in front of it, and someone's like, oh, look at this mama taking care of its, like, baby, and then, like, an entomologist said, actually, this is an example of cannibalism, not maternal instinct. Spiders don't do that. Uh The smaller one is being actively eaten by the larger one. It's like dangerous to anthropomorphize things that you yeah. don't understand. To have completely alien instincts and desires and motivations. But it's
0: really hard not to when they're presenting as something exactly. so familiar. You know, right,
1: right. Just because the jumping spiders are, are cute, don't make don't don't mean they're they're <laughs> good mommies. Uh, so Naomi is in her skiff and she na- announces to Rossinotti and she's coming home. And When they don't respond, she says, "Don't worry, Mama's coming." Uh, so that's cool. I think. I mean, it seems like. It is it, not going to matter whether she saves the day or not because I have to believe that Holden, whatever it ha- happens, whatever kind of crazy star child shit that happens in the nucleus is going to be the thing that <laughs> that saves or destroys them. It's not going to uh, be last minute uh, Jordy LaForge heroics out of Naomi, yeah. but.
0: I, don't I mean, know. she's getting real complicated inside the bubble at the moment.
1: Yeah, like because like, uh, the, the, the UN shin, is right? moments like so. You have all three frat factions uh-huh.
0: in the space of the something the size of the sun, and now what? And you've got the Rossi, which doesn't, which only has two of the crew members at this point. Holden's right. floating through fucking space. Right. Uh, the the two documentary filmmakers are floating through space. Right. Naomi's on another ship headed toward the Rossi. Like right there's just it's so all, many variables it, right it's all converging now. but
1: it's exciting Naomi coming Absolutely back Bobby's in the like there's a lot of exciting developments that could come out of this yeah
0: so you've, you've got religion and politics in yep. the mix and military and like all of it's there Uh, So Holden suits up and he's standing on the outside
1: of the hole of the Rasanati as he prepares to make a leap of faith and he does so and we fade the black and for the third time in as many weeks I'm outraged that the episode ends here. Oh yeah, like I really I thought we he'd at least make it to the nucleus nucleus. (laughs) Like, oh my god, what a fucking tease! What a (laughs) fucking tease the show is. Why can't I binge it, Jim? Answer me that. Sci-fi. (sighs) <sighs> All You're, right,
0: you'll be able to binge season four. Uh, I'm almost certain.
1: I yeah, I hope not because I boy, know. that's going to that's going to make the podcast a lot more shallow experience. Yeah, because um, having to sit and think about it on a week by week basis encourages you to really savor it. Because mm-hmm. I know what'll happen. We're going to binge it in like 48 hours and record 13 podcasts for it, and then do a feedback, and it'll be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know grass is always greener on the other side of the streaming rights uh that's the episode all right we've got some feedback to do uh, send that in to expanse at if you'd like to get your word in edgewise you can also go to the forums the forums are starting to really pick up uh you know getting a lot of get a lot of participation with our fellow fans there
0: yeah what you got uh we we'll start off with tv he says he wants to correct something that we're misreading about the the pdc's uh-huh. From I think last week, the personal defense cannons or point uh, defense cannons. Points, yeah. Um, I he says I don't think that it's that they didn't get a refill on them. It's that they're locked out of that system. So it, it came oh, along with no, the no, package no, 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 of no. they. They clearly showed Alex spent every fucking round trying to shoot. They down did, but it's been six months. Whistles. Oh, of course. And so they got the refill. They just can't use them because the the whatever isolinear chip yeah, swap yeah, yeah. happened. I, I always forget that it's locked been them six. out of comms and weapons. Yep, yep. So, Although.
1: Where would they've gotten refilled? I mean, are we supposed to under like is that because I'm like they're they're not going they haven't gone back to Fred Johnson right that I know of like they're desperate well, like how
0: how did Naomi get to the behemoth? She could have used the the Razorback right and just flown right up to the behemoth. I mean, that's, that's what her plan that's was. In, that's in transit from wherever they are. Oh no no to- no! I think this
1: happened a long time ago. Like like several months ago, like she, but but they had the razor back, so she could just flown that to I think probably to uh, what's the Tashi's?
0: No, not Tashi's, What is the? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's a damn good question how Naomi got to the behemoth because, uh, well, I'm I, they they had to go straight from. It seems like they had to go straight from collecting it, like, uh, so they're at it, going directly to, the ring, right? Well, I, I just think because the they're refitting in, in transit. They're not yeah. going to a space dock to refit this. Otherwise, it
1: would all be taken care of. So you don't think the Navu even went to Tycho Station? Like, it just they just deep
0: space salvaged it? And I would then... think it would be better equipped if they'd gone to a space dock where it was built and they mm. could have access to all the tools to actually it. It's only been six months. Yeah.
1: Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I, I just assumed she took the Razorback over, but I don't
0: know where... But why wouldn't she take the Razorback off the ship, then? Like off mean? of the behemoth, uh, because because uh, that's, Cause that's her ship, right? Right. I guess
1: it would be. Why she's stealing a skiff? Yeah. Eh. Like I said, six months is enough time. There, I think that like something happened and it all lined up. And but I don't know that it's. I, I just don't know that you can take it for granted that Rasenati was able to fully arm rearm its weapons.
0: May, maybe not. Um, but
1: yeah, that that. I don't know. That's just what TB says. So. On the other hand, like, if, if it was completely unarmed, why haven't, like, Mars tracked it down and just, like, brought it to heal? I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah so it's, it's,
0: uh, he's probably right, but I don't also, think Also, he says that Alex is, like, screaming about, it. I need a PDC, I need a PDC. Oh, that's true. Why would the... If, would he, the if he had no bullets, pilot, why would he be saying yeah, that? Yeah, all right, well, he, well, there he you He would go. know they have no yeah, bullets. Yeah, that's per
1: Okay. I, I, I retract all my, my, uh, my, my quibbles with that, then.
0: Yeah, I'm... All right, let's move on to Jazz, uh, who says, After the last podcast, I was wondering why you two don't do a spoiler section for The Expanse like you used to do with Game of Thrones. Used to. We still did one last year. If it you was did, just it, you'd, have,
1: you'd have to do it solo, because that's what amazing. we used to do, is you would you would excuse right. yourself, and then I would just do a solo exp- Expanse spoiler. So I guess... But then be, I started sitting in on the spoilers. Well, that's because we got the show the caught up yeah. or, or, or caught up and exceeded the books, so mm-hmm. there was no more need to kind of... You wouldn't be spoiled by anything in the books. Yeah, uh, that's not going to happen here. Right. So I guess it's like it'd be up to you if you wanted to do a solo spoiler cast for The Expanse, like, in Season 4 or something. I, I mean, I
0: I am interested in, like, talking about this stuff with people, but I think it'll probably be on the forums or something because, like, the effort of doing a separate cast for this show is probably not worth it. Well, yeah. Like, uh, it maybe I don't know, because like, I, I... It takes a lot of time, because I'm going to have to do a
1: lot of research. I was thinking... I was thinking... Plus, you haven't read all the books, too. I was thinking that, like, mm-hmm. I could see this show blowing up. Like being on Well see, I
0: mean if we start getting, you know, ten times the traffic that we're getting now, yeah, right. then it might be because worth it. There's so many but...
1: people. Like I did the whole the whole, the reason I did not watch the Expanse is because it was on sci-fi. Yeah. And I equate sci fi with bullshit to be frank. Yeah. Um and if it was on Amazon or streaming platform and it was like well advertised and marketed and there was merch and i saw people run around with like fucking mcrn spacesuits at cons and stuff like it would be a different deal and i kind of think that we might the p- profile of the show has raised so much because of the cancellation mm-hmm. um and so many people are interested in it now that like i could see it blowing up like like you know it, it, its audience might go three four times next season and then see like it could start the steamroll like you know that's, that's exactly what like Breaking Bad did it had like million people watching season one million people watching season two million five watching season three three million season four eight million season five like it's like it became a phenomenon um, yeah. I could see it because this is just a really good show it is the only barrier is science fiction which turns a lot of people off but fantasy is a barrier too and look at what Game of Thrones did and this is right. this is just fucking Game of Thrones in space it is yeah uh i agree all right and it's got all the same problems like a lot of people's first experience watching game of thrones is who the fuck are these people who's this dead guy oh my god these are brothers and sisters what the like like it's just so much and expanse is the same way but like if you hang for the first like four episodes you you Mm -hmm. start getting it um yes i guess
0: look for uh a spoiler cast as soon as it blows up (laughs) (laughs) so blow it up yeah let's blow this thing up but let's let's get a good belt of load chant going. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll stomp
1: my my grab, grab boots, boots yeah, mag boots. That was man, that's so cool. Yeah.
0: All right, Andy says, I've been watch the Expa- binge watched the binge-watched the Expanse this past few weeks after your recommendation, and I'm loving it so far. It's quickly becoming my favorite show. I have a question I was hoping you could answer as I can't remember if this was resolved in the show, resolved. Uh, was it ever determined who or what was in control of the stealth ships in the first season and the reasons for blowing up the Canterbury and the Donager?
1: You know, it's a little bit murky for me, but I'm pretty sure that the cloak ships were somehow connected to the research that, uh, that Mal was doing on the protomolecule in, in conjunction with... I'm not sure if it's the highest bidder. He was working with the Martian defense secretary, all minister
0: all along. Yeah, it seems like... It, so it was Protogen is, like, the, the name of this company. Um, they own the, the cloak ships. Right. They own the cloak ships, and they... I'm trying to determine like where the proto molecule research comes in because I know Progen is doing that, Uh but also it seemed like they were kickstarting a war between Mars and Earth, right? And in the efforts, I think to sell the super weapon they thought they had, yeah, to to, like drive up the price of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Because once they sell it to one side, the other side has to buy it. And the
1: other thing (laughs) I'm a little fuzzy on is whether you know the Jules, yeah, was uh, was he was was he trying the whole time to try to. Head off this protomolecule business and just fund the research, or was he cynically manipulating and stoking these nationalistic fires? Because oh yeah, it I, seems like in retrospect he's wanting to be seen as the person who's trying to solve the protomolecule crisis. But in the in in like I don't think that was his intent for the start. I think he was
0: just trying to make money off of it. I agree. Uh, okay, cool. All right. Next up is Alan, who says as much as I love the Expanse. I keep getting distracted by some of the props and sets used in the show (laughs) a few episodes ago a rooftop luggage rack was used as the pod the Praxis' daughter was shipped in right uh on the episode last night the interior of the behemoth looks like someone grabbed a bunch of crap from the plumbing aisle and home depot and glued it to the walls i mean how how much is a pvc pipe really going to change that's true. In in two hundred years, <laughs> it's, it's going to be made out of carbon nanotube. Yeah, but it's... it'll still be round. Like a it'll pipe still pipe. be c- cylinder. Yeah, even one of us want to just, what, holographic space pipes? <laughs> Not going to happen, man. I mean,
1: I, like it's force like field pipes. The thing is, is like, do you know the difference in budget from like making a custom cryopod versus just ordering a oh, lugger yeah. drack and cutting the plexiglass? Like. It's just like in Firefly. They like all of the Federation troops or whatever the fuck the the bad guys were. They were all Starship Trooper armor, spray painted like purple? What purple? So they're the purple bellies or whatever.
0: <laughs> okay, like, sure. Like that's
1: super distracting if you are a fan of Starship Troopers to see these guys stomp around in Starship Troopers gear.
0: But it saved yep. them a shit ton of budget. So. He he really complains about the uh iPad that Alex uses to fly the Rossi. <laughs> oh well, which, there's there's yeah. there's this IKEA
1: shit all over the place. Like mm-hmm. almost every fixture you see in like a belter bar or like a lot of children's toys were IKEA stuff. Like I, I think it's fun to see them try to spaceify this shit and save money, but yeah. maybe it does feel a little cheap. I just
0: I don't think these sets feel cheap though. Uh no, no, I don't think so. Um they absolutely like source parts from <laughs> Other things that you don't associate with space travel. It's like the Star Destroyer, but, the, like the Death Star They, they, they look well-constructed.
1: The, the Death Star surface was just a bunch of battleship models that right. they kitbashed,
0: they call it, through yeah, together. Yeah, the, the lightsabers were uh, flash yeah, for cameras. From, exactly. Like, it, it's like that. And, they and, did and modify them significantly. And but.
1: similar to Star Wars, that gives this universe a very lived-in kind of real feeling to it. But it's all over the place. Like I thought I thought um, Claire's dress at the party was bad. Hmm. And Julie wearing like a twentieth century leather jacket where Meow's you know, Meow's got the uh, uh you know, whatever his future suit is. Um, they're kinda all over the place with the fashion and all and, and all that. But like I don't know it's it's better than that than like i always thought it distracting that like in in star trek future everyone wears essentially either a uniform or some sort of pajamas Mm -hmm. like every even the uniforms are pajama based right yeah like that's weird to me and like this kind of like great variation between like what the belters wear versus what the earthers wear versus what the high class earthers wear versus like i i think i think it's cool um but uh yeah if it's distracting I can see why it would be. Yeah, totally.
0: It, I'm I'm okay with it. Drink more. Uh, all right. I have a glass or two of scotch before you sit down and watch. It'll will take your mind off of it. Uh Melanisk says good episode with some interesting development regarding Melba. To me it's completely possible that a daughter seeking approval of her father that much uh would launch into a quest to destroy the people responsible for his demise. However, one nitpick, shouldn't she be at risk of being recognized given that what the show says about her status as Mao's daughter? suppose maybe the haircut changes enough uh would you recognize bill gates daughter if, fuck no no i mean i know not. he's got one she's like
1: in her early 20s and i guess she's making. i didn't even know he had children, I, I saw so, I, I didn't either yeah. until i saw an article where like talking about that she was like i don't know making some kind of moves now that she's out of college i do you know what warren buffett's children look like like no I find it very plausible. Did you know what any of Trump's children look like, except for maybe Ivanka, before
0: he became president? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. The only I reason think I knew so, Ivanka but I, she was on the Apprentice. But, but they're I, right they're they're in the media spotlight. They, right. That's their whole existence True. is is promotion. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so I can see like some people having a spotlight shined on them, some people not. Right, uh, and. and we clearly see that, like, Claire and, uh, fucking Fracas. What's her name? Uh, Melba? No, Anna? No, no, the debutante. Uh, oh, 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 um, shit. Yeah, her. Fracas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we see them, that they attend the same parties, right? And I could see, like... Fagin. Fagin. Miss uh, If you attend the same parties that this socialite class attends, then maybe you'd recognize them. But and, and- they haven't... And they showed that that Claire was kind of like
1: trying to avoid Fagin, right? Like, like I need because I to think be, she might recognize. Oh, totally, her. Yeah. totally. She would blow up her spot, which is going to be probably a big part of the tension going forward throughout the rest of the season. Is her that's the person that can like you know ID me?
0: I, I think Julie might have been um, a little bit more recognizable than Claire because she was you oh know, this she's famous the face yeah, fa- yeah 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 right. totally uh, right. so people might have recognized her, but. Maybe not Claire, she just plans parties, sure, yeah,
1: she's the behind the scenes like if you if you are in that social circle, you would recognize her, but yeah. if you're just a technician or a soldier or a
0: cler- or a clergyman you you're you're not even going to think twice, yeah, um, and then he goes on, I was a bit confused with the mechanics of the ring and how the inside worked, so apparently they crossed the barrier and then found themselves inside some sort of bubble. It wasn't clear to me how that worked exactly, but in any case, very excited to follow along Holden's journey next week. Yeah, I mean you nailed it. They they crossed this threshold of the ring and inside of it, like on the other side is this bubble of disconnected space mm-hmm. where, you know, they it it seems like the physics might even be a little bit different.
1: Oh yeah. And like, I I thought it was like something intrinsic about like trying to pierce the barrier of it that's that grabbed like Mineo and mm-hmm. Pulp them, but it does seem like the Nucleus is like some kind of traffic cop where it grabs you in this purple field
0: and starts slowing you down. Hmm. Yeah. Seems reasonable. All right, Fern in YC17 says, Why is it, do you think, that the proto-Miller wants to only be seen by Holden? Why wouldn't the proto-Miller appear in front of Amos or Alex? That's a damn and good question. They both knew Miller as well, unless it's one of those we only want to talk to the captain kind of things. Oh, that uh, could
1: be like a take us to your because this is the proto molecule, so they could be like
0: a very much take you take us to your leader kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, Amos and Alex don't have the God had been so funny if Miller done. had started appearing to Amos. Oh, Can <laughs> you imagine
1: that? Yeah. Oh man, someone who doesn't talk to himself and you know seems like he's pretty mentally healthy. Uh yeah, doesn't no, that suffer would be crazy. from like
0: diagnosable psychoses anyway. Like that would have been that would have been hilarious. I do think that you kind of nailed it um, when you said they both knew Miller as well. I don't think they really knew Miller the way that Holden did. Yeah, because right? like they, they were them, acquainted like, with Miller.
1: Plus, like they they s- were going to sacrifice themselves. Right. Like they they went through. Some They're shit. war buddies at this point. Yes. like they have much, a bond that much is more than like Amos and Alex for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So
0: I think that's why that happened. Uh, essentially, like. Holden was Miller's only friend, right? <laughs> Aside from the the people he left back on, and he didn't have uh, a lot of friends series. there too. No, he didn't. He essentially had one cop buddy, right? Who was like hashtag not partner, not partner yeah, yeah, hashtag yeah. lover, not lover. I don't know what it was. Did he get killed too? She? Oh, I'm talking about
1: his the the male cop that was like kind of like also. Oh yeah, his
0: actual partner. His actual yeah. partner. Yeah 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 yeah. Uh, he got pierced through and then maybe fixed up. Yeah, I remember there being some confusion around those. Yeah. If he died, it was off screen. Right. So
1: you always think that you know, he's probably not dead. <laughs> um, so yeah,
0: I, I think Miller was the only person that he knew to even go to. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel like that's that that explains it.
0: Alright, well that's it. That's all the, the email we have. If you want to send some in for next week, looks like we're not going to be getting screeners, so we'll probably do more of this feedback stuff. Uh, send them to expanse at baldmove.com and yeah. we'll include those in the next show. Do you think we stopped getting screeners because we pissed off NBC
1: Universal by saying that we were happy that Sci Fi. Or does, I, or does <laughs> NBC we, Universal,
0: like, who gives a shit uh, now? I think Why? we stopped getting screeners because. Why would we promote a Sci-fi show Sci-fi that... pissed off Alcon. <laughs> yeah. like they, they just don't care. They yeah. don't care anymore. Why yeah, would they?
1: Because like, like, essentially these guys are publicity agents working with us to get screeners. And why would they publicize a show that is going to help the competition next year?
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't make much sense for them to like, worry like about it. These streaming
1: services are trying to slit the throat of all these broadcasters and mm-hmm. and basic cable stations, so I could totally see them being like, you know what, fuck you guys. Or it might not even be malicious; it
0: might just be like, yeah, eh, we don't have
1: any incentive to really NBC do Universal's it. Because NBC Universal's so fucking big, they own Comcast. They're like yeah. it's like at some point, like the 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 hand's picking its own pocket. <laughs> You know, Uh but I guess I guess that's the one thing like get Amazon is not owned by anybody. So that is that money is getting outside of the of the of the conglomerate scheme, not the Amazon's not its own massive multinational conglomerate. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that makes sense. But anyway, no, I don't think we're getting screeners anymore.
0: Yeah. So expansiveballmove.com if you want your feedback included next week. And That's it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week on Friday, sometime in the afternoon. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you.